1: Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast Fat Mascara here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts
2: we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your
1: face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's beige floor Elastic Cream, rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus,
2: it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 Fragrance.
1: Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on Sol de Janeiro.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O, Sol de Janeiro.com, and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.
3: Hey hey guys, welcome, welcome back to the show. Today we are chatting with one of the all-time favorite SideHustle Pro guests, Kim Lewis of CurlMix. It's no secret, Kim, you're one of my favorites. And um, for those who don't know, Kim Lewis is the CEO and co-founder of CurlMix, which is a clean beauty brand for curly hair. Now, after a strong showing on season 10 of ABC's Emmy award-winning Shark Tank with her husband and co-founder Tim, Kim made the daring decision to bet on herself and turned out a $400,000 shark deal. Less than six months later, Kim's talent for logistics and marketing secured a seed investment of $1.2 million. his sales catapulted to $6 million in annual revenue, and they have earned over $13 million in lifetime sales all online. Now, Kim and Tim were recently featured in Forbes 30 under 30 list and on Oprah's favorite things, all while raising two small boys. We're going to have to talk about that for sure. (laughs) Their company operates a manufacturing facility in the heart of their hometown of Chicago, where Kim employs a full time staff of 30 plus minorities and women. Currently, Kim is making history by allowing their customers and the community to invest and own shares in their beauty brand. She has raised nearly $3 million in just one week from their community, which is only fitting since the community is at the heart of every decision they make. So welcome back to the guest chair, Kim.
4: Guys, thank you for having me. I hope I don't hurt people's ears with screaming. I'm so happy oh, to be
3: here. I miss you. Awesome. I miss you too. Like, first of all, you are my wash and go Shiro. for, you know, you are the reason and curl mix and, you know, your videos, wash and go Wednesdays, which we're going to get into is the reason I had the courage to try wash and goes again. Cause I was like, oh, this doesn't work for me. My hair is not drying. I don't know how they're getting this, but <laughs> I just followed I would tune in every time I get the notification. I tune in. I want to see, you know, what you guys are talking about. And I even shared it with a few entrepreneurs. I'm like, this is what you need to be doing. <laughs> you need to be doing some live demonstrations weekly. Now... Not everyone knows what I'm talking about. So let's take it back a little bit. You know, when you were in the guest chair, it was like the early days of SideHustle Pro. I believe it was 2016. So right when I started and when you guys were still doing subscription boxes, crazy enough, um, tell us a little bit more about the transition from like subscription box company to signature products to dabbling in, you know, different areas again. Like,
4: tell us how you decide your product mix. we started CurlMix as a DIY box for curly hair. So think of like Blue Apron, but for curly hair. And we did that for like two years. And that was around the time I interviewed on um, Style Hustle Pro. I think my goal at the time was like half a million for the year. I think we didn't even hit it. I think we ended up doing like two something. And I was like salty or whatever. And I was like, you know, I had gotten pregnant, top of 2017. And I was just like, you know, my business isn't growing the way I feel like it should be growing if it's a subscription box, right? Um, And I talked to a few people and I found out that the margins on my box were way too small. And what I have learned is for anyone who does a subscription box, if you are not getting your products for free Mm -hmm. or if you are not um, making it yourself, the margins aren't there for a sustainable business usually. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we had like 30% margins for a $30 box, whereas a typical care company would have like 70 to 90% margins for the same price for one bottle. And I was like, right. oh, this, this. even if I could scale this, I shouldn't because the math doesn't work. And so I was at the point where I really wasn't sure what I was gonna do with my business. I was like, am I gonna pivot? Am I gonna close it? I'm pregnant. I got, I started, I took the GMAT, girl. I was just, I was figuring it out. I was like, I don't right. know, do I have to go get my MBA? And I met my advisor. Um, I got a $25,000, well no, I met Arlen from Backstage Capital. And she didn't give me the money yet, but she said, basically said that like, she wanted to invest in us. And so in the meantime, she would let us participate in all the backstage capital events, um, but didn't have the money yet. So it's okay. That's cool. And I met my advisor who is a, um, I always say this too. He's um, a bald Asian man, (laughs) (laughs) but he is so nice and he is so smart. Um, He's an engineer, worked at a few tech companies early on and got shares and all that. And he was like, what's your best selling box? I'm like, it's our flaxseed gel, but manufacturers won't make it for us. You know, they say it's too much like food. I got to boil real flaxseeds, extract the gel. And he was like, they just won't do it. And he's like, well, why don't you figure it out? And I'm like, bruh, I've been trying. It's not working. I'm seven months pregnant. What do you mean? He was like, figure it out. (laughs) Never stop selling your best selling product. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I spent a month in my kitchen, seven months pregnant, I made 50 different batches of flaxseed gel and I like found one that I loved. And every time I would go outside, people would flag me down. Like what is in your hair? (laughs) Tell me now don't go anywhere. And I was like, I'm I'm working on it. So we pre-launched, we launched it to our audience with pre-orders because we had launched enough stuff to know that you do not just go out and buy a bunch of inventory and figure out how to sell it later. You sell it first and then you fulfill the inventory. Right. And then we sold hundreds in a matter of hours. And at that point, we were only doing like a couple hundred boxes that month. So hundreds and hours, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. So we literally closed down the DIY box that year. So this is like October-ish. And in January, we pivoted to a full-time, like full-on e-commerce brand. So that everything individually started with the flaxseed gel. And the first month in sales, we did like $3,000 and I mm-hmm. cried. And I was like, Tim, I told you this was a dumb idea. This is my husband, right? I was like, this is dumb. Nobody wants it. We shouldn't have done this. Oh my gosh, what did we do? Because we tossed out like six months of content. We had six months of like, DIY recipes and like photo shoots and video content. And we just yeah. literally tossed it. Wow. <laughs> you mean for the box, like for the products? Yes, for yeah. the box. Mm-hmm. And we just didn't even do it. And so the next month I was like, okay, well, I'll try to go for 8,000 or 6,000. And we ended up do 8,000. I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, man, if we did 16,000 the next month, that's like our best month ever as a DIY box. We ended up doing $30,000. We were not spending money on Facebook ads, just like micro influencer stuff and mm. My husband ended up quitting his job to come work for the business full time. And we finally got the check from Ireland for $25,000. And that helped catapult us to a million in revenue that year. So that was like all pre-Shark Tank. Uh-huh. And then the next year we went on Shark Tank, got to about $5 million in revenue, uh, added my team. And then later on down the line, I realized I wouldn't be more like a Procter & Gamble. Okay. And what do you mean everyone, like that? Procter & Gamble. So it is one of the largest conglomerates there is. Um, when it comes to not even just beauty, but just brands in general, they own Tide Detergent. They own Old Spice. They own Always Maxi Pads. You Anything know what I you mean? could
3: think of that you buy. Oh, my God, and Charmin Tissue. tissue. Yeah, basic
4: products. Man, they started as a soap and candles company in the late 1800s and then went public in 1970. And they're trading on the stock market and their stock catapulted during the pandemic because everybody was buying Charmin Tissue. So it's just like, they own multiple brands. And for us, we own the manufacturing. So I feel like it makes sense for us to do something like this. And so if we launched 4C Only uh, as our second brand and just to show people that we could do it again. Okay. um, And I think we did, so I can talk more about it later, but that is the evolution of how we got here.
3: There are a couple of things I wanna break down there, right? So first of all, when you say you want to be the Procter & Gamble, um, they're in different categories, right? And it's funny because you started out as a brand that, you know, hair was so central to the brand. So are you thinking of going beyond hair or, you know, what what are you thinking in terms of being the next Procter & Gamble?
4: Yes. So for me, in, it's about um, overlooked segments of the market, right? So I'll give you an example. So Force the Only. Everybody knows that 4C hair is the highest converting segment of the hair industry, right? right. And I'm not talking like, nat- like natural hair. I'm talking like hair, straight hair, curly hair, wavy hair, kinky hair. It is 4C hair. But nobody was willing to put it on a bottle because they were like, oh, this is going to alienate consumers and everyone wants to be on the shelf. So if everyone goes to be on the shelf and to sell to, air quotes, all hair types, mm-hmm. no one's going to launch a brand that puts 4C on the bottle. And for me, it was really more so about our customers, right? So on our ads for curl mix, we would always see like, but this doesn't work on 4C hair. That was like the number one comment. And it was really a battle between do I launch a 4C collection to serve 4C women? Yeah. Or do I launch a brand? Because many of my advisors were saying, hey, that's a risk to the business. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a lack of focus. Like, are you sure? And I was like, but you know, I'm if I'm a 4C woman, I don't want to see someone with wavy curls in an ad saying that a yeah. product works for me. You know right. what I mean? I just don't. And so I knew that was a possibility because curl Mix is more of a wash and go brand. And that was birthed from it being flaxseed gel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more diva curl adjacent just because of the nature of the hero product. And so I was like, I need to serve 4C women and I need to do them justice. And nobody else is going to do it as gracefully. No one's going to put the budget behind it because they're going to be like, oh, it's just 4C. It's just a segment. They're going to give it the small piece of the budget. And my team was like, no, we're gonna go all in, we're gonna spend the money on it, we're gonna make it a separate brand, we're gonna put them up front. Your hair don't have to be defined to be in the head <laughs> yeah. You don't have to have slick definition, you know, all no edges slick none back. of it. <laughs> none of it, yes. And so we did that last summer while maintaining Chromex We like built the brand, yeah, which was crazy to do it with the same team. That I don't know how
3: y'all are doing this. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we don't know either. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um so we launched the brand at the end of last year and 4C Only is on track to do like a million dollars this year. Wow. Thank you. And so I'm just like, it was the right decision Mm -hmm. and I'm, it was a risk though, but I'm glad we took the risk. I think it was the best decision. Speaking of like doubling down
3: and taking a risk now, how do you know when to really go hard on one product? Like the fact that your flaxseed gel was a signature for so long. How did you know, like, It's okay to devote this much time to a singular product, even though it has different variations and things like that, and know at the same time when to start expanding your offerings.
4: No, that's a good question, Ayla. So with our Flexi Gel, it was our hero product. It was a thing that we did differently um, than anybody else. So what I always say is some people don't know what a hero product is, but it's a thing that you're known for. So if people are searching for something and they're finding this thing and coming to buy from you for this thing, then like that's your hero product. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also want to have like a position in the market. So it's not enough to be really, you know, awesome product. Right. So I like to think of off as a great example of positioning when you are bitten by mosquitoes in the forest or, you know, in the summertime, you don't say like, I need mosquito repellent. Most people say <laughs> I need off, right? <laughs> because they own a position in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but the off brand, they don't just sell one type of mosquito repellent. They have yeah. like the, the the mini one. They have the aerosol one. They have the tiki poles for your backyard. They have the ones that sit around the campfire in a little like candle. Right. Um, and so they've expanded their product, but their positioning in your mind is still off, right? I mean, you know, in that mosquito repellent family. And so for CurlMix, our hero product is the flaxseed gel, but really people were trying to get a wash and go. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can I connect the two? So you don't see us doing, we don't straighten our hair. We don't, we don't blow things out. We don't really, we don't really even do twist out. Um, It was just more so we needed to focus so people could have a connection in their mind for what we did. Mm. And then once, you know, we did a survey with like 5,000 customers and found out that most of our customers were in fact doing wash and goes and were wearing them like religiously. Okay, maybe now we can expand a little bit because people know who we are and what we're known for. But if no one knows you for something, then you shouldn't be expanding yet and broadening that, Mm. you know. And I felt like I couldn't effectively have the force the only conversation in the mix of flaxseed gel and wash and go because a 4C woman may not want to do a wash and go or is too afraid to do one yeah. or you know what I mean that's just probably not her cup of tea she wants to do a twist out she wants to do a throw out she wants to do a blowout, and that's not what Kermix does so it had to have a separate message right and it sounds like you also had to take on the role of educating your customer a lot, you you are willing
3: to help kind of walk them through a journey. And do you also even do that on the the base level of hair typing, right? Because some people believe in hair typing, some people don't. It's like controversial. <laughs> some people are like, what is 4C? Um, how do you
4: approach that part of it? I felt like the hair typing conversation couldn't be escaped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. it could
3: because everyone wants to know, you know, what is for me? Like, even if it's a broad range, right? I think of hair typing like foundation. Like, I know it. Did, they didn't make it for Nakayla, but I need to know a range that I could slide into.
4: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everyone um, wants to belong to a community too, right? And I think that's, that's also like just, uh, Oprah talks about it all the time, like mm-hmm. basic human nature. Everyone wants to be heard, seen, and feel like they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the typing happens regardless of whether or not a brand believes in it. Yeah. Um, but what we try to do is teach people healthy principles. And so I started going live every Wednesday for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, as of late, you know, we've expanded it to our customers and other influencers yeah. um, and Chromex ambassadors. But for the first couple of years, I was doing it. Uh, and I was either in my shower doing my <laughs> hair live every Wednesday. <laughs>
3: I know because I was watching <laughs>
4: girl <laughs> I
3: just also admired the commitment I was like they are committed to this I can commit to watching
4: <laughs> uh, I appreciate it oh my gosh I always thought like it was like the thing like working out you know what I love to do it right but yeah. working out you you it's always hard to like get up and go and then when yeah. you do, you're like oh that was so good like I'm right. glad I did that. that's how I felt about watching a Wednesday <laughs> But we basically would teach people how to do a wash and go live and I would do it in the shower, my husband would host. And then we started going into the salon to just show our customers instead Mm -hmm. of us, because they really need to be the hero, not community. Um, And that was something I learned, like maybe after a couple of years, I understood branding. And so yeah, so then I was just, to me it was just all about education. So we do yeah. blogs all the time. We did, we launched Kermit's University, which is a 15 part course mm-hmm. on how to get the best wash and go ever. Um, right. I mean, we put a lot into teaching people how to do washing goes. So I'm yes. hoping that it's helping. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs>
3: Bit more about Wash and Go Wednesdays. For those who don't know, I know you, you just touched on the fact that you went live. Was it spontaneous or after a while, it was kind of more like this is the specific things we want to incorporate. This is how we want to lead people from Wash and Go Wednesdays to the website. Like how do yeah. you start to make it as effective as possible? And, and how can other people do that as well?
4: So one of the things I learned, well, it really came from customer questions, right? So okay. we would get a bunch of questions in our customer service inbox, like how are you doing this? Like I can't do it, and you know I learned that there. One, there's a, a learning curve wash and go, uh, with washing go, with just washing goes in general for Ooh, yeah. everyone. It oh, does yeah. not matter your hair type. Yes, it takes most people don't get good at washing goes to maybe like the sixth time they do one, um, <laughs> which is like, girl, what? Who's gonna keep trying to wash and go six right. times? Right, the first time you fail,
3: you're like, okay, this is
4: not for me. <laughs> I, I didn't think my hair curled for the longest, but, yeah. and so answering those questions via text message or via text back and forth email or just, it was not working. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my customer service manager at the time, um, she's no longer the customer service manager. She's moved up in the company. But yeah. at the time she was like, Kim, you have to like show them like we need to yeah. go, we need to do something to tell them. And I, and then my, at the time I was watching Sassy Jones, you know, Sharice, uh, who was yes. on a previous episode of yours. Right. Yes. Shop Sassy Jones.
3: Yeah, shop yes.
4: We love Um, (laughs) Sharice and she was going live with the sparkle party and I remember seeing her at a traffic sales and profit event and I was just like okay I was like if Sharice can make $300,000 in a year like man if I could just do that that would be like I was I remember that was like my goal I was just like I just need to do what Sharice is doing so I was just like I'm gonna go live and show people how to do my hair in the shower um and then we started like making a little bit of money doing it but also our customers were learning how to do their wash and goes um, and they were posting pictures in our groups and on social media. And I was like, okay, this is working. They're like, Kim, can mm. you come back next week? And I was like, oh, you want to <laughs> do this like multiple times. <laughs> you want me like, to keep doing this? I was like, I could, I could make it work. I could I could figure this out. And mm. I had no idea what I was doing. But then it eventually became the event that mm-hmm. everyone was looking forward to. It yeah. was a way for me to talk to them, to understand their problems, for them to feel connected to me and to the brand. Um, yes. and so it you need to, and then another like marketing tip, right. If you're, if you have a company or a side hustle or a business, you have to have owned marketing. So you, if you don't own the channels or the events that you put on, then you don't really like, you can't build your community. Right. So like your podcast, is a form of own marketing, you know what I yeah. mean? Um, a live and Washington Wednesday is a form of own marketing. Uh, even like Email platforms, you know, your email list and SMS list. That's a form of own marketing. So you've got to own the the marketing and the events.
3: Break that down a little bit, because a lot of people, they think, oh, well, it's social media, so you don't own it. You know, people are always lecturing people about that. Oh, you got to get my right email list. You don't own social. But there's quite a bit you can still own within social. So why do you still consider that owned marketing?
4: So the social, the content that you create live, if you can download it, you own it. So you can repurpose it, you can put it in an ad, you can put it yeah. in an email, you can put it on a landing page, you can put it, if you, if you can download it and put it somewhere else, like you own that. Right. Yes. Um, and we have to do content. So one of the things I didn't believe, I used to not believe that content made money.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I used to oh, be- whoa.
4: Yes, I know, right? Because I'm like, I sent a blog, it didn't make no money. So <laughs> I posted on social media, it no didn't one click make my money. link. Like <laughs> exactly. And I tracked the link so I know nobody clicked it, right? Exactly, exactly. And then when I had a coach and she was like, No, Kim, that's foolish. Stop saying that to people. You sound crazy. And I was mm-hmm. just like, Okay, but what do you mean? And so I realized there's a funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, and content is at the top of it, at the top of the funnel It's going to get the broad reach to people Mm -hmm. you don't know. That's what those three second views are on YouTube or on on Facebook, right? It's you reaching a a broader audience. And then Mm -hmm. as people find you on YouTube, Google, and Pinterest on those SEO platforms, Mm -hmm. then they're going to go and search, look for you on Facebook and Instagram, which is a bit more personal. Right. And so, if you're not doing anything there, they're not going to follow you. So, if they see that you're regularly posting content, especially if it's useful for them, they're going to follow you. And then, once they're watching that content on that personal place, you know, Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. they're going to go to your website. And that's where they're going to join your email and SMS list. And then, after that, that's what they're going to purchase. And that's how you get the sale. Mm-hmm. So, for me, in the beginning, I was doing micro influencer stuff. So, I was doing a little bit of top of the funnel, well, mid funnel, right? Mid funnel Facebook and Instagram but I had kind of stopped doing the top funnel stuff because it wasn't translating to dollars. But if you, I was also wasn't running ads. So if you're just doing content and you don't have a way to like engage them on Facebook and Instagram, and you're also not running ads and, or, collecting emails and SMS, like then no, yeah, content is not going to make you money. But right. <laughs> if you are running ads, you're sending emails and SMS, you're at them on Facebook and Instagram, then it makes total sense to do content because that is going to make you money. But what I didn't understand that funnel, that concept, I was make, not making money, you know? Yeah.
3: <laughs> but within that content, you have to drive to those other things, right? You have yeah. to make sure they know that they have that connection of here's where I go and buy now. Yes, exactly. All right, guys, I know you're spending a lot of time thinking about your side hustle, how to get started, all of that, right? But have you thought about how you're going to email and stay connected with your audience? What about how you're even going to make money? Well, don't worry, because AWeber has thought about all of this for you. AWeber has all the tools that you need to stay connected with your audience, share your messages about your products or services and make money. With AWeber, you get the email marketing solutions that you need to grow your business. You can choose from a huge library of pre-built email templates, so you don't have to have a lot of experience or be a graphic designer to create beautiful emails. You can just use the easy drag and drop features to create your custom emails. You can even connect your brand's Facebook page, and then an email design will automatically populate. How cool is that? Aweber also has a landing page builder with access to unlimited landing page templates and a pre-stocked image library. So you can create your custom landing page in minutes without paying thousands of dollars to a graphic designer. Plus using the landing page builder, you have the ability to collect payments So you can set up a landing page and start selling your products or services online directly through Aweber. How cool is that? It only takes a few minutes to get set up and boom, start making money. Oh, and you definitely need to use Aweber's web push notifications. It allows you to send messages to your visitors even when they're not currently on your website. Yes, (laughs) that's pretty cool. And all of these features are included in an account. No a la carte pricing. They even have a free plan. But guess what, Side Hustle Pro listeners, you can try AWeber's Pro Plan right now, no risk, no credit card. Just visit aweber.com and use code Hustle Pro to get a free 30-day trial of AWeber's Pro Plan. Again, that's aweber.com and use code Hustle Pro to try the Pro Plan free for 30 days. Enjoy. <music> And nothing I thought was really smart and is really smart about what you do with Wash and Go Wednesdays, with all the content that you create, is you are educating and you're also preventing people from misusing your product <laughs> because a lot of people like to go out there and say, oh, this didn't work for me. And then when you get down to the nitty gritty is because they went rogue. They decided like, first I'm gonna put some, you know, <laughs> extra virgin olive oil. Cause that's how I pre <laughs> right? yes, 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 yes. And then I'm going to do this because I like how this smells. And then they're like, why is this flaking? Why is this doing X, Y, Z? So I think it's so smart that you're telling people, listen, <laughs> this, here are the steps. I'm showing it to you. Stop that
4: other stuff. That's so funny. Thank you, Nicola. No. And you know what? <clears throat> the reason we ended up doing that, um, when we did it before we realized, we were just trying to like put, just help people really. But mm. what I ended up learning later is that in the book Story Brand, um, it changed my life, by the way, mm. it talks about being a guide and like showing that. your customers like how to use your products. Like as a community, if you have a community, you guys have a set of rules you live by, mm-hmm. right? That whether you be, you know, if that's the black community, whether that's you know, the teachers' association, or whether that's like the entrepreneurs, right? Like we we hate when people say, "Oh, pick your brain," right? That's like oh, that's a rule we live by. You don't say that, right? Um, when it came to washing goes, we had to have rules for our community, so you can mm-hmm. know if someone was plugged in or not. It's almost like Greek. Like, you know, you guys have rules. People can't wear your paraphernalia. <laughs> no, they <Exactly>. can <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, that was something I learned later in the book Story Brand, which yeah. changed my life after starting businesses. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish I had read this first yeah. before I started a business. And I would have followed it to the letter. But yes. I, I found out after I had right. made a million dollars. I'm like, oh, I got to fix some stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, that's not a
3: bad problem. You <laughs> said I found out after I made a million dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it you was know, like it could that could be. 10 million, mm. right? If you had known that from mm. get go. And by the way, you have like a phenomenal book list. Like, you're the type of person who is just like always reading. I see you like on Instagram and your stories, you're always sharing. You're always just, you have this hunger for knowledge. And so, yeah, you're going to have to like create a custom book list or something <laughs> besides a <the> pro <laughs> listener because, yeah, you got it. Uh, thank no. you, thank you, thank you. Let's talk about um, your approach to ads when you started really putting more attention and investment in ads. How was that process for you?
4: Oh, it was scary. I've wasted some money um, yeah. with ads before. I think I like listened to a Google rep that reached out one time and then like let them kind of run it and uh, they spent like $15,000 and I feel like I made no money. But wow. at the time... I didn't have my funnel set up. I shouldn't have let them do that. I should have just like, no, like I'm not so sure. Um, That was like one of my mistakes. So that happened maybe a year prior. And I was like, I'm not running no more ads ever. Um, And then I joined the TSP community and I saw that like ads is a part of the funnel. Like You had to run them. So I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, but once you know who you're talking to and what they're going to buy, then you can run ads. If you Mm -hmm. don't know who who's gonna buy your product? Who's most likely to purchase it without you having to sell them too hard? Yeah, um, I wouldn't run ads yet. I would still yeah. try to figure out how you can get some organic traffic. Yeah, we didn't start officially running ads until we were at maybe forty thousand a month in revenue organically, and then we were like, okay, let's start with thirty dollars a day. And once we were getting like a four or five X on that, okay, let's bump it up to 50. Let's bump it up to a hundred. And so I want to say we slowly scaled to maybe a couple thousand a day. And that was my approach. And I say slowly, I mean, that that period was over like maybe three to six months Mm -hmm. of going from $30 a day to a thousand or $2,000 a day. And I think it's a matter of like testing. You have to, you can actually see like competitor ads. I don't know if people know that. Look at the ads library um, on Facebook. I went to um, that, you guys, ads library, or you can Google the ad library. Yeah. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Google ads library. It's going to help you see what um, bigger brands are doing. And so a lot of times we like to look at people in our industry and copy what they're doing, but that's not the best way to do it. Right. Because you can't be sure that the person that you're copying in your industry knows what you're doing. Right. and you also can't see their results like no you cannot (laughs) and sometimes people's goals right like if i'm a big legacy brand right think of a brand that maybe sold for a billion dollars their goal with ads is not the same as your goal with ads their goal with ads are to just kind of have brand awareness they just need to be out there for people to see them they don't have to actually turn a profit on those ads right and because they just need you to go to the store and purchase if you are a brand that like me that was you know before i like make making less than a million dollars a year you need money, like you need yeah. sales with those ads. And so they need to convert um, and they need to tell a story. They can't just be like sale, sale, sale. Mm-hmm. They have to be um kind of like content that yeah. kind of hooks them with the sale at the end, or it makes them curious enough to click. That's usually the goal. Take it one step at a time. It's like, maybe you don't try to sell them all the way in the ad. Maybe just get them to click in the ad. And then yeah. on the landing page that they get to, then try to sell them on the product, you know? So how you mentioned like,
3: you have to really know who, once your product before you can start advertising how do you recommend that people do that did you do a survey did you just after a while of having the curl mix box start to see who was responding and you know
4: what they were buying so the the box that was the one box people kept buying over and over or asking about um uh, so that was like a big giveaway for me. But um, something else you can do is if you write blogs about yeah. your products or content, whatever is like the highest searched term, you know what I mean? Or you can go to Google Trends and type in a few keywords and see how often someone's searching something. Yeah. Or you can use platforms like SEMrush, SEMrush, where you can search high traffic keywords in your industry. So that's if you haven't like maybe created your product yet or figured yeah. out how to market your product yet. You can either market it to those high highly searched keywords or you can build a product to those keywords that are highly searched. So and then if you're doing blog content, you'll know what your top blogs are. So for us, DIY Flaxseed Gel was like our number one you know, blog that kept getting searched over and over and over again. Um, it had the most traffic organically. Another thing that was doing really well was like pumpkin seed oil. Um, we didn't launch a product for pumpkin seed oil, but it was like <laughs> one of the second a DIY hot oil treatment with pumpkin seed oil. What are you laughing for? You like oh you about you know, to- I'm laughing
3: at the randomness because I have a couple search terms associated with side hustle pro that have nothing to do with side hustling, but. i don't know that just that's where people can find that
4: person i guess (laughs) and you know what i also learned too nikaela is that when i would go to expos i think you know expos are kind of underrated right they're not necessarily the best for making a lot of money because you do a lot of work for like an okay amount of money Mm. versus just figuring out some facebook ads and making the same amount of money yeah but what it helped me do was really get good at talking about my product mm-hmm. and talking to people and knowing who my target audience was. Yeah. Because I would go to places like, let's say I was in New Orleans, right? And it was like essence Fest or something. Yeah. And I'm selling a DIY kit. I would talk to a lady like 10 minutes and I would say, like, oh yeah. And like it's natural shea butter and blah 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 blah. And you gotta do this and this and that. And at the end of the 10 minutes, she would say, so I got to mix it myself. And I was like, oh, no, I was like, she's not going to buy. She's not going to buy. But um, <laughs> when, when I was at the first uh, Blavity event for it was it wasn't summer 21 back then. It was like empower her. Empower her. Yep. Yep. Yes. Empower her. Um, I was in New York and I was like, yes, yeah, so it's, it's a DIY. You just got to mix. And she had handed me the money before I had finished talking. Like I wasn't even telling, <laughs> finished telling her how to make it or what it was two minutes in, she was like, give me three. And I was just like, oh, so like that is the example of like, this is my target audience and this yeah. is not. And so mm-hmm. now I know I need to be targeting women in New York, ages 20 to 30, who want, are interested in do-it-yourself organic products. Mm-hmm. Like that was how I learned mm-hmm. before I even got to Facebook ads. Yes. Um, and the best way to simulate that now is going live. Yep. So You can go live on your Instagram or your Facebook page or your YouTube page. You can now even go live on Amazon. Um, (laughs) You'll find out. People will ask you questions in the comments and you'll be like, "Ah, well, let me just, and you're like, you keep getting the same questions over and over. Yeah. Tell you
3: listen we're all gonna go live more this year y'all see you see i'm doing it we're all gonna go live more this year um speaking of going live let's talk about live tv um you guys were on shark tank
0: and boom turned down an offer Four hundred thousand for 20 percent. i'm not gonna change that what are you gonna do
4: Sorry, Robert. Oh, yes. I respect that. I was like, what? What is now?
3: I know that it was in no way that offer was not representative of the value of your company, right? But most people would hear that offer and think, like, oh, this is amazing. So talk to us about that experience, how it came to be, and why you ultimately turned down the offer.
4: Oh my gosh. My aunt had just given me a, a heads up that Shark Tank was in my town or whatever. And, she, and I was just like, okay, me and Tim, we'll go and we'll pitch. And I actually took my baby with me because I didn't have, I didn't have childcare and he was six months. So he was, he was there with us. Um, <laughs> and it was very funny. He cried during the pitch. I was like, oh gosh, she's definitely Oh wow. Oh. That's real. <laughs> and then at the end of it, she was like, Mind hey, you, she I'm like, like- my baby is gonna start
3: crying at any moment during <laughs> past his bedtime. So let us pray.
4: <laughs> like no judgment. Um, but she ended up saying, "Like I like Kim and Tim." And I, I realized at that point, getting on Shark Tank has more to do with your story mm-hmm. and how you pitch yourself with your story and what angle you can have on TV, probably than anything else. So if you can mm-hmm. tell a good story, you you can land, and you have a decent yeah. business, you can land on the show. Even though it, they only pick like a hundred companies out of like forty thousand, which is wow, crazy. crazy yeah but um so we ended up getting on the show and my husband and i we didn't want to give up more than 15 percent of the business that was a like a hard and fast number for us um they call it batna in nba mm-hmm. school so it's a better alternative to negotiating an agreement so it's like what's your walk away numbers basically. yeah um and now so why our, was it 15 percent for you because i just knew we were going to have to raise more money in the future mm-hmm. and if i gave someone 20 percent, more than 15 percent of the business typically a round of funding is 20%. So mm-hmm. the I knew the deals you got on Shark Tank weren't great deals. And so you're getting maybe a third of the money you actually need mm. the full round. And I was like, ah, like this, I can't do that. I was like, 15% is, I, I would feel okay if I went home with that. And I had to explain to people like why I took that deal. Um, and then when we got on the show, Robert Herjewitt missed an offer for 20%. <laughs> of course. <laughs> for 400,000, which- Sounds like a lot, but at the time we were getting offers for that were like a $7 million valuation, and he was giving us like a $2 million valuation. Mm. Um, and he said he didn't know anything about the hair care industry. And, and I was just like, okay, I was like, am my gut, I'm like, this just doesn't feel like a good decision. Like, this is my real business. I have to go home with, this mm-hmm. is not like a business that I plan to just flip and sell within a couple of years. I could see some people who were like, want to flip into their business in a couple of years. By the way, it's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, this is not me shaming anyone else for doing that. This is just me saying that wasn't my goal. I knew I was going to be in it for at least another decade. Yeah. Um, and so I couldn't take it.
3: And, you know, it's 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 so funny that you say that because, um, yeah, after those lights go off and, you know, they play the music, like you got to live with the decision. You have to now work with this boss, not boss, but um, this investor who truly doesn't know anything about <laughs> your lane and you want. Event, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. so you can't get that kind of support. So I thought that was very brave of you. And um, I, I'm glad that other black entrepreneurs especially get to see that because I think we went through a period of hopeful. I'm hopeful that we're out of this period where um uh, getting investment was just so romanticized and, yeah. you know, VC money is so romanticized. And, yeah. and you, I remember after you went on it, went on your story and we're kind of breaking down the numbers a bit of like, here's why this valuation doesn't make sense for us. So continue to do that education.
4: Thank you, Nikola. I try, you know, we did end up taking um, some angel money from mm-hmm. the former CEO of LinkedIn and okay. some other partners um, for about 1.2 million. And mostly because I one I agree with you. VC is uh, over romanticized. Um, it is it looks sexy, but it's not sexy because you have to report to someone like this is what I'm doing, yeah. and they're either gonna say great job or you're doing this and this wrong. I think you should change this. And so you are in many ways giving yourself advisors and bosses. But if you don't know what you're doing, like and you knew entrepreneurship, then sometimes that's helpful. Yeah. Um, as long as they have good intentions, right? Mm-hmm. So you just pick people who have I think who you trust. Um, to lead you. Um, And so, but in that same vein, I didn't want to take a bunch of typical venture capitalist money. Mm -hmm. So angels and venture capitalists are different. And that somebody who runs a a venture capital fund has probably a hundred million or a few hundred million under management. Uh And they have money from, you know, institutions, the foundation, whoever, you know what I mean? Like really big entities that they're investing the money for and they need to see a quick return. So they want to see something. They want to see you sell your business within the next five to seven years and make a return on that million dollars they gave you. Um, for angels, particularly, typically the ones who are investing from their family trust or just their personal net worth, they don't mind a slow payback, right? So if it takes you 20 years, 30 years, if their kids get it, like they're just like, you know what? Like I'm here because I love it. I love angel investing. I love businesses and that kind of thing. Yeah. So I just think it depends on the kind of money you take. Yeah. And so I, so then, so we raised 1.2 million from Jeff and some other partners. And then we went on to make five or so million dollars. The other thing about raising money is I was able to employ my people mm. at, a, at a, at a, fair wage, right? Yes. <laughs> so I could have not taken venture money and people would still be making $10 an hour yeah. and no benefits. And I would be scraping by. And that's just the, that's just the truth, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, that's what, and. People will be forever be contractors. You know what I'm saying, and that's not right for like when you're hiring your people. You know what I'm saying, and so taking that money did allow me to like make everyone W2s, offer dental, healthcare, vision, mm-hmm. 401ks, like mm-hmm. you know, just take care of people. And then ha- instead of doing the ten dollars an hour, we started seventeen dollars an hour for some yeah. of our positions. Yeah. You know, we manufactured. Right. Um. So it was definitely helpful in that way.
3: I'm so proud of you. I mean, this is, this is awesome. Like 30 plus people on your team, W-2s, like salary. Like that is, that's a big deal. Starting from your DIY curl mix kit.
4: Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I was
3: one of those people that was like, wait, I got to mix this. <laughs> <laughs> just do it for me, please. So I was so glad when you guys did oh that my
4: <laughs> You know what happened? Our, like our best customers started to, kind of unsubscribe because it Mm. was novelty and not necessity yes So they were having fun but they were still going to buy other hair care products they're not gonna make something every single time right right because then the volume starts to add up and then before you know it you have a whole bunch of boxes that you haven't made exactly exactly and i was like oh light bulb moment i was like Mm -hmm.
3: now you're raising in a different way. So you have, you said you've raised over 3 million in a week. Like what made you guys decide to raise again and do it in the way that you've done it, which is, you know, pretty unconventional, historic and very cool.
4: (laughs) So there's a couple of things you can decide. So I could have decided not to take on any other money, right, Mm -hmm. and continue to grow the business. It would just take me longer to hit certain milestones. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my goal is, I wanted to be big. I wanted to yeah. be bigger as, as big as possible because I think the bigger, the more, the, the more impact that I'll have, right? The better jobs I'll be able to create um, for my people, I, the, the, the better products I'll be able to offer. Um, there's nothing wrong with being profitable and growing slower, yes. but I just learned to do something more impactful. Yes. So I knew that I was going to have to raise more money, especially mm-hmm. since I'm more like a Procter & Gamble yeah. and launch multiple brands. So, I could have done it two ways. I could have done it how we are doing it with the equity crowdfund where I'm letting my customers invest because every time someone purchases from you, they're creating that value. Every time someone shares on social, every time someone does a review and that leads to a sale, they're creating value with their purchases. But for us, a lot of times we don't get any of that value when a company sells, right? Mm -hmm. And I know that was always like a... um, Uh, a pain point for many of us when we would see a headline so-and-so gets acquired by so-and-so and And we're just like well i did a video for that company and i'm not getting none of that but you know kudos to the founder um and i didn't want that to be our story i wanted our customers to come up with us Mm. and i could have went the traditional venture route where i kind of do a backdoor deal Uh uh-huh I find somebody who's rich, write me a check for five six million dollars, maybe at a valuation that I hated uh, <laughs> and I would have done that deal. they'd own a significant portion of my company, and then they pressure me to grow as fast as possible um at all costs that yeah. is like the silicon Valley method out you know method of thinking when it comes to growth. Yeah. um something I wish someone had told me is that you don't have to go that fast, yeah um, you don't have to go that fast, and also. Usually people of color, we almost can't go that fast, not because we don't have the ability, but mm-hmm. because we don't get the funding to go that fast. Yeah, so Your fast may not be like a Glossier fast, Kim, like don't compare yourself to them. But I knew that I wanted to go a bit faster than what maybe my pocketbook would allow. And so we decided to raise money from our community instead of making a rich person richer Uh, (laughs) and let them come up with us. And this law is new that allows you to equity crowdfund. It happened Uh in 2012 under the Obama administration, which basically allows unaccredited investors to angel invest. Because basically before you couldn't, if you didn't Mm -hmm. make more than $250,000 with your household income, you couldn't invest. You know, Mm -hmm. that was just the law. And now anyone can angel invest for as little as a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. And so we've been doing that. We launched on April 6th. It is uh, a few, almost a month, and we've raised about $4 million so far. Wow. We're almost at four point one. million. Um, so I'm trying to close it at around you know, 5 ish And yeah, yeah that, that's it. And, and that is all she wrote. I think we're one of the largest beauty equity crowdfunds for sure. Wow.
0: Running a business is hard, but your email marketing doesn't have to be.
1: l-d-e-j-a-n-e-i-r-o and use the code ACAS 10 for 10% off.
3: Explain to people, you know, what does that look like when you one day sell, exit, you know, all the people
4: who were a part of this round, what happens? How do they come up with you? So, According to the SEC, I cannot guarantee results. Right. <laughs> it's risky. Right. So if this is not money you can afford to lose, like don't invest it. Um, because that is annual investing is risky. However, you know how when like a company goes public, like let's say a Bumble, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say Bumble just went public. Um, I know Away is going public. And the people who are making the money when it goes public is not the people who are buying into that company that day, right? You might make some money a decade from now, but the people who are making the most money are the people who bought in when they were worth $20 million, when they were worth $50 million, and now that they're public on the stock market for a billion, those people are seeing a 20, 30X on their investment. Mm -hmm. So at this stage, we're allowing people to invest before we get really, really big, right? Right. Um, so they can own shares and the only way that they will see money in a, as a return is if we have some kind of liquidity event. So if we sell the company yep. or we IPO, if we don't do one of those two things, you won't get your money back. However, it is my plan <laughs> to <laughs> IPO, um, and be like a, pla- a black owned Procter and Gamble, uh, trader on the stock market. That mm-hmm. is my goal. I'm I'm in it for the legacy for what that yeah. would mean for black people. Um, the money is cool, but I'm in it for that, you know? Yeah and
3: i see it i mean if there's anybody you know that i see it for like it is curl mix it's kim and tim and you guys are doing it and i really don't know how you're doing it with two kids so (laughs) please share i'm here i got my pen and i'm ready to take notes (laughs) especially when you mentioned not having childcare. well i know you're in chicago so you do have some family right but Mm -hmm. um how do you guys figure out like is it nanny is it daycare is it work certain hours and shifts how do you do that
4: girl it's a village okay that's that's <laughs> that's it it is a village my sister she does watch our kids during the day I did not have child care for the first year mm-hmm. and if I'm being honest right Hello, I that's, that's us uh-huh <laughs> I didn't have child care so if I'm being honest my baby was in a playpen all day and he a ton of Sesame Street, right? And I have my second child that we have, and I had child care. I didn't have, I had child care maybe a few months into him being born. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a difference um, in how they developed because he, my baby, my 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 oldest son, he's three. He didn't have he didn't have me all day. He was like watching TV, and so yeah. he's still very smart. Still very like he can, he's reading his first words. He's, you know, all of that stuff. So he's definitely advanced for sure, but yeah. there was a delay in his development because he didn't get that engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, my youngest baby, he, he's one. Um, and his words that he's, he knows are much bigger. He like could walk faster, could talk mm-hmm. faster, all of this stuff. And so that is one of the sacrifices that happened yeah. with me pivoting my business mm-hmm. with a newborn. Um,
3: Don't you think that's a little bit of second baby too, trying to keep up with with, with, <laughs> with big brother? Yes, yes, I'm definitely. i going to have you beating yourself up because I see my, you know, my nieces and nephews and how the second baby is always trying to chase
4: after the little one.
3: I mean, this the bigger so one.
4: True. This is so <laughs> You're right, you're right. It's definitely some second baby stuff in there for sure. But I would be lying if I didn't say I had a little bit of guilt about mm-hmm. that. But I'm also going to leave him, he going to have all the wealth. right. Never
3: he, will not, he will not mind when he says,
4: <laughs> trust me, not one bit, not one
3: bit. He will be okay. <laughs> he will be okay. And I mean, and this is why I know I can't base everything on social, but you guys still spend a ton of time together. So it's like... You, yeah, we, we we can't beat ourselves up because, I mean, there are people who are always, who are literally never able to be with their kid because they're in corporate or they're some, in a job where they're always on the road. Like you guys, as a family, like you're all in, you know, like even if it's in the curl mix office, <laughs> the babies are crawling on the floor. I see, oh I see my that God. sacrifice in it, but I see that family together time also.
4: Thank you, nigella We really do try. I've learned all of these you know, with the moving goalposts, right? So it's yeah. like, you know, yeah, we made $6 million last year, but I wanted to do ten. So I was yeah. a little disappointed that we didn't hit that goal. But I that's, you know, the moving goalposts, I'm like, Kim, you're always going to be moving this goalpost. Yeah. You're always going to be like, it's not going to be good enough for you, and that's mm-hmm. not okay. And, like, what's really important? I'm like, mm-hmm. my family. Like, what's really important? My kids, my husband, mm-hmm. like, being – getting to go watch a movie with them at the end of the day, like yep. that is what makes me feel good. and fills me up. Yep. Um, and I love what I do. I love creating things, but at the end of the day, like they're the most important. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm fully aware of that. And so now that I know that I feel yeah. like there's not much more that I want out of life. Um, and I guess I mean, this IPO thing, I think that I would love to do that, but my family really, 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 really fills me up. And I cannot forget to mention Tim, um, he is oh, I, was, I was just about to bring up Tim
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. just about to say that you know your situation sorry I'm just you know like I said baby it's bedtime so we just coordinating no, ready <laughs> so okay, start quiet. over but you know I I remember one time there was like a poll or something I think maybe I posted it or and you it was about you know how much work and mental load moms take on and you're like I can't i uh, you know I honestly can't take credit for this because uh, Tim takes on a lot of what is traditional mom
4: work, right? Yes. Yes. Tim is the primary caregiver for, and I was going to say for our kids, but shoot, our family, for me too. Okay. I was like, he's making a coffee every morning. (laughs) meals.
3: (laughs) <laughs> i mean do y'all deliver come on come on tim it's not
4: right <laughs> And I, I asked him all the time i was like do you like doing this like are you mm-hmm. happy like you know is this what you want he's just like i want nothing more than to take care of my family like mm-hmm. when i when we started dating in high school i was like 16 17 and mm-hmm. i was like what do you want to be when you grow up and he gonna kind of say like, he said a dad and i was Aww. like. <laughs> I was like, Yo, shout out to
3: good daddies. And I have to shout out my husband here too. Cause like, uh, shout out to dads who love being dads, good daddies. You know, yes. and you, know you got a good one yeah. over there. I know, yeah. that. I, no doubt. Yeah, we are, we are in, we're in it together. Like he's holding, you know, doing bedtime right now. And you know, like we all day, we're just, shuffling baby between us as we each try to get our work done because we're both ambitious we both want to do stuff and i know tim is incredibly incredibly smart incredibly talented as well and holding on the business as well so
4: it's just like i see you guys in us you know and i see you guys in us i i think the biggest realization is that we have the same goals, Mm -hmm. um, for our family to be okay for our, um, not just nuclear, but like our outward family to be okay for our community to, to, to gain wealth and to, and for them to know they don't necessarily have to quit their job to gain wealth. Like we can help you be wealthy within, in our job. Let's let's get them a 401k. Let's teach them investing. Let's teach them all the things that help make you wealthy. Um, and, and we have the same goals If we have the same goals. Then we shouldn't be fighting like Mm -hmm. we both want our kids healthy. We both want them educated. Like, you know, let's work together and make sure how, how, figure out how we can do it. So he knows I'm the entrepreneur and I know he's a better caregiver. So that is how we work together. Yeah.
3: And and that's a, that's so good too, to really have those open conversations and and recognize like um, that. there's a lot of, uh, you know, talk about who does what and everything can't always be 50 50, you know, but you guys got to lean into where you each shine and I'm talking to about us as well. Like, that's what yeah. I've learned in parenting so far. Like, it's not about, Oh, I did this X amount of times this week. Like, no, like we have our strengths and we're only going to make it work when we each do what we're strong at, you know, and stop worrying about what the other one is not good
4: at. <laughs> exactly. And when I see him looking like he, he can't take no more with the kids. <laughs> Then I step in. I'm like, okay. I was like, what you need? I got them. I can I can watch them for a while. Right, like, you know. Right, 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 right.
3: <laughs> so now we're gonna jump into the lightning round. It has been so awesome catching up with you, but we know we got to do an updated lightning round, see how answers have shifted. So you know the deal, you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. All right. So right. number one, what is a resource these days that has helped you? In the business and the, and the current stage of your business that you can share with the Side Hustle Pro audience?
4: Uh, two things. The Traffic Sales and Profit community is where I joined when I had like $3,000 in revenue and helped mm-hmm. me get to a million in revenue. And I think that's something they do very well. I, they call themselves the Millionaire Factory, Lamar Tyler and Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Ezra Firestone. If you're doing an e-commerce business, he does so much like tutorials around Black Ooh. Friday and different email marketing flows and just so much free content that you Ooh. can just get by and learn how to build your e-commerce store and make money without looking amazing. And that could be like shit on Ezra. Ezra's amazing. But, you know, his brand, it, people think that we have to have like, the prettiest packaging and the prettiest logos and da, 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 da And it's like, actually, you really don't need all that. You just need to learn how to make money and you can fix the branding later, you know. So yeah. those are my two that those are clutch thank you and um number two um who's an entrepreneur that you're admiring these days and why oh, i have so many so i cleaned out my instagram feed, so i can only follow like entrepreneurs yes. <laughs> because i want you I mean, i'm like that inspiration right. and motivation you know what That's I mean? your vision board instagram is our vision board you know but you know what Nikayla, i would say it's you um i've been going to your instagram yes <laughs> you have a new baby. Oh, my gosh. I remember those days. It's like, it's tough. Everybody's pretty Instagram picture does not capture what it is like to have a one year old running around, especially when they start crawling. And then they start like, you know, you can't have a quiet meeting. It was like, man, so you to see you show up. Well, wow, I was checking your podcast. I was like, oh, she been posting every Wednesday. i was like, oh, she. <laughs> She I mean, some days it's
3: late some days it's a rewind but I think that commitment to consistency does something for me even when I can't show up how I want to so I really appreciate you noticing that and you know I'm I'm coming back in a new form but I'm loving it like look at this whole video content it's coming and um, I'm inspired by fellow moms obviously <laughs> who are making it work <laughs> absolutely same same so number three what is a non-negotiable part of your day
4: coffee um i'm an addict <laughs> I'm, just, I'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna be like i'm gonna sit here meditating. meditate i want to i wish i like was working out every morning yeah. you know what i have learned fundraising what? takes me away from my business mm-hmm. so when i am fundraising i am not doing the normal things that i would normally do to like, yeah. like keep up my health i'm yeah. like move if not if I'm not fundraising and I'm working out every day I'm like I am doing some meditation I'm eating super healthy when I'm fundraising I'm like locked and loaded and that's all I'm thinking about you know mm-hmm. I wake up drink my coffee and I get to work and I that's know it's not right that's true
3: wow so <laughs> speaking of that number four what's the personal habit that you think has made you so successful and good at what you do
4: I'm going to say going live, but I think that it's really just more so not being afraid to talk um, to my customers and to investors and to pitch. That right there. <laughs> Talking at expos, right going live on Facebook and Instagram all the time, um, pitching at events. I've never won a money at a pitch competition. And it's crazy because it's like, what do you mean? Like you you're on Shark Tank. No, I've never won money. Like, yeah. but I pitched at probably 30, 40 pitch competitions on the wow, camera. I didn't know that. And just talking, getting good just at talking, talking will take you really far.
3: Mm, I love that. I love that. That that was speaking to me. And that's a commitment I'm making this year. And I think I'm finally gonna join you guys over in TSB too. Cause yeah, I'm ready to ramp it up, you know slowly, but I'm still ramping up, up, going to the top. <laughs> so final question, what is your parting advice these days for fellow black women entrepreneurs who are scaling their side
4: hustles? Oh my gosh. Um, I, I, I mentioned it in the podcast earlier, but you do not have to go fast because there's no finish line, you know, yeah. and it would, yeah, if we were running a real race, Sure, go fast, but there is no real race. You are, you set the pace for whatever your race is. Yeah. Um, and it is a marathon with no finish, you know? So if you were running a marathon with no finish, you would not be trying to be sprinting. You know what I'm saying? Like you just wouldn't be. You're be like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna just bite off the next thing or right. figure it out or just, you know, take the time. And I think trying to go fast or faster than, or feeling like I should be doing better than I I, I was or whatever, mm-hmm. is is bad for your mental health. It makes mm-hmm. you feel like you're not accomplishing things when you are. It makes you, mm-hmm. and it's, it's crazy, right? So yeah. it's just like, you don't have to go fast.
3: Wow. You were just preaching to me tonight. And this is why I'm so glad like the, the new mommy struggle has been real. It makes you question too, question yourself, question where you're going, what your goals are, but you know, That was one of those messages that I needed to hear and a reminder that like this period has slowed me down, but it doesn't mean that, I mean, who said I had to go fast anyway? Like this was also a goal of mine. This was also something I wanted in my life. So it's okay that things are slowing down. Like who says I got to go fast?
4: (laughs) You know what? Oh my gosh! Okay, I'm, I got another little story. I met yes. this woman who was—I want to say she's in her seventies—and she looked amazing. Um, yes. Black woman, and I was like, "What's your favorite decade?" And surely, I thought she was gonna say twenties, thirties, you know, yeah. whatever. She's like sixty. She was like sixties <laughs> are my favorite decade because I was able—I was confident. She's—I like, felt like I was living life on the edge. I could go where I wanted. I had the money that I wanted. I was free. She's like, and I felt stronger and and i was just like bro like what if someone told you that your best decade was 20 30 years from now it's like what would you be worried about right now you know what mind i mean
3: blown. mind blown
4: you got a good 40 years left at yep. least you know just yep. like there's no need to go fast Yep. thank
3: you thank you kim for that and where can people connect with you after this episode and connect with
4: CurlMix and foresee hair you got guys- to hear only <laughs> uh, if you guys want to follow me personally i'm kim and tim lewis uh me and tim we share an instagram account uh, mostly because you don't post but uh, <laughs> so you can follow us on there um if you want to check out a wash and go brand check out chromex if you got 4c hair check out 4conly.com and if you guys would like to invest in listener brands uh wefunder.com funder.com backslash chromex
3: all right thank you so much for being in the guest chair coming back and gracing us with an update and there you have it you guys